But at the end of the day, both of you and I have the same goal for people, which is go out and do the fucking thing and do what you're best at and help a ton of people. And the way that we come at it is a little bit different. And I feel like in legacy, people get the best of both worlds. They get your zone of genius. They get my sort of, you know, experience gleaned over years and years. And we wanted to do something that was, you know, longer term and more impactful. Really the word legacy came out of, and we kind of talked about this, both you and I are long haul people. We're long vision, we're long view people. But what you get as a result of taking the long view is you get to get a, a business that will never go out of business. Like, and that's really what legacy is about, is about creating something that you love, something that you're building, that you don't feel like, oh, it's this means to an end. It's like, you actually love what you're doing and you can see yourself doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends, Maestro here, bringing you another episode of my favorite podcast. Today I have with me a guest who actually I brought on for episode number 112, which was all the way in 2019, April 29th of 2019. But if you listen to this podcast, especially my Thursday shorties, with any kind of frequency or regularity, you've probably heard me talk about her. Uh, If you follow me on the socials, then you've definitely seen her. And anytime I have a helmet on, it's because I'm <laughs> with her. That's the only time I need a helmet. Uh, I brought her on specifically today to talk about a program that we run together. We share a ton of values and how we show up in the space. And one of those values is if you believe in something, if you have something that can help someone, talk about that shit. So brought her on to talk about that and then also just to shoot the shit and talk about other things. So without further ado, welcome to the show. One of my closest friends, Jill Coleman. Welcome, Jill. What what is up? Super excited to be here. I can't believe it was God, it was it was early twenty nineteen. Wow, that was yeah. two and a half years. I ago. know I had to actually go back and search That's and wild. I was like uh, that was like a million years ago. So and we weren't like, I mean, we were friends, but we weren't like super close. So I was probably no. like, hello, Shante, how are you? <laughs> it was actually exactly like that. Jill, do me a favor and put the microphone closer to your mouth. Okay. The sound, just, like, the volume just went down. Uh, believe it or not, friends, we are not recording this episode together because that's what happens when you live close and you also run businesses. Like things happen. And so we are recording this remote and uh, Jill got a little upset with me and was like, oh, I see how it is. You don't want to record with the video. And I was like, listen, ma'am, I never have the video on. <laughs> I know. I see you like multiple times a week. It's fine. <laughs> so like. let's just jump right on in. Uh, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about it and I'm going to pass it over to Jill. But I brought her on specifically to talk about our group coaching program that we run. It's called Legacy. It's for intermediate plus female online business owners and we are launching it for the second time if you are listening to this episode on the day that it drops that means that today the applications are open 
before I go further into that, Jill, can you drop us with the hit us with the link for where they can check that yep. out? It's going to be jillfitprograms.com forward slash legacy. Done. We will put Go that in the show notes gosh. as per always. But this is a program that we launched last year uh, and Jill had pitched it to me and you folks know I got a little bit of like uh, commitment issues and I was like, six months is kind of a long time. Uh, I don't know about this. And we talked about it and it was, we ran it and it was absolutely incredible. So Jill, I actually want to pass the mic over to you and ask, why did you want to start this? We talked about it on your podcast. Mm -hmm. So like we could do this independently, but what was your vision with this? Yeah. So it's actually funny because I think your experience once you committed to the six months was, wow, that went by really fast. Yeah. And being like, damn, we probably need a little bit more time with these people, which we actually extended it for certain folks who were actually in the group. Um, and the reason why I brought it to you is because I felt like, number one, there just wasn't something like this in the space. And I think you and I, you know, we started with sort of a mutual respect of each other's approaches. And I love it because we both kind of came up independently of sort of like knowing each other within totally. the space. And we're, we're like, I guess, recent, somewhat recent friends in the last few years. And I really recognized, and I, I hate to say this because it's kind of obnoxious, but like I, I have a really high standard for people who like, I mean, it's not that you have to like earn my respect, but like there's very few people I feel like are doing something original and I feel like are doing something really impactful within the space. I see a lot of me too businesses. I see a lot of people just regurgitating other people's stuff, which is fine. I think sometimes, you know, we need to kind of start there. Uh, but what I noticed in you was that you had a really interesting way of going about not only you know, creating community and like what you do on Instagram, which is incredible, but just more like the way that you do marketing, the way that you do business, the way that you do sales. And it's different than the way that I do them, but both in a way equally effective. And so I was like, this is really cool because we, we both come at it from, I think, different ways and have different strengths and the things that you're really great at, I'm not always awesome at. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before, kind of you being like this person that helps people like get shit done, that helps them, you know, create a business that they love, something that they enjoy, really nailing their niche, really figuring out who their people are, bringing those people in, making them feel safe, like really just cultivating community. Whereas I'm sort of like more of a nuts and bolts, like yes. do this at this time with this deadline sort of a thing. So um, I felt like there was an opportunity for us to bring in our strengths, which are not the exact same. Although I think the overarching attitude that we both have towards internet business is similar enough that we can appreciate each other's different perspectives. But at the end of the day, both of you and I have the same goal for people, which is go out and do the fucking thing and do what you're best at and help a ton of people. And the way that we come at it is a little bit different. And I feel like in legacy, people get the best of both worlds. They get your zone of genius. They get my sort of, you know, experience gleaned over years and years. And we wanted to do something that was, you know, longer term and more impactful. Really the word legacy came out of, and we kind of talked about this and you can maybe tell like from your perspective, we were talking about names, how are we going to set this thing apart? And honestly, both you and I are long haul people. We're long vision, we're long view people. And we're not afraid to tell someone who's just getting into the space that it's going to take a while. It's going to take years. And, but what you get as a result of taking the long view is you get to get a a business that will never go out of business. Like, and that's really what legacy is about. It's about creating something that you love, something that you're building that you don't feel like, oh, it's this means to an end. It's like, you actually love what you're doing and you can see yourself doing this for 10, 15, 20 years. I want people to have long careers and I want them to relax into this process. And I see a lot of urgency. I see a lot of scarcity. I see a lot of desperation. And I think for you and I, we have that shared vision of 
creating lifestyle businesses that people love and that they're really successful, like impactful, but also like from a monte perspective, I want people to make a lot of money. I want them to make a lot of impact and I want them to have a long career. You folks listening, I like want to stand up right now. I actually am standing. I knew that this was going to be a good episode, so I'm standing. And I, I want to throw my hands up and be like, are you not entertained? <laughs> like, I will be the first person to say it. And say it was no remorse, no shame, no guilt. I only work with the best people. And you just heard from her right there. One of the things that you said that I love is uh, building a business that won't go out of business. Like, that is it. I want to, I want to kind of jump into that. Jill's Instagram name, if for whatever reason you don't know, Jill on Instagram is JillFit. That alone, the fact that her Instagram handle is JillFit, should tell you that Jill actually invented Instagram. Like, you don't get a handle like that unless you've been on this, been around this, been doing this for a long time. Can you tell me, Jill, let's kind of dive into this. You created Legacy. We'll talk about some of your other, your other programs as well, but in creating Legacy, you have seen a lot. You've run other groups. You have started in, in kind of a different expertise and moved into this. What has changed since the beginning? Where are we yeah. at now? Yeah, you mean within the internet? In the online like space. Business? Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. In the so, online space. So, you know, I feel really blessed that I've had, you know, a somewhat long career. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it. I've been, Jill Fit started um, in 2010. So I guess it's been 11 years. And that's, I know at the time it didn't seem at the time it kind of felt like, Oh, we're all doing this. Right. It felt like, you know, everyone I was around was sort of doing this thing. And now I'm like, wow, like I am kind of an OG a little bit in yes. this space and people refer to me that way. And so that kind of takes me by surprise. Cause I don't feel like it's been that long. And I think that is the goal for all of our clients, especially in legacy. Like I want you guys thinking like, wow, like I've already been doing this for five years, 10 years. It doesn't feel like I don't have this level of desperation. And I can tell you when I got into the space, and I think you're very similar, um, of course, the strategy was different at that time. It was sort of the golden age of blogging because we didn't have these other outlets for long form content, like where we have on Instagram mm -hmm. you know, captions and Facebook posts. So blogging was really sort of the place that you had to put out your longer form content. And of course, YouTube was sort of coming up at that time. Um, and so now we just have so many more platforms. So when people say to me, Jill, the space is so saturated. Like, I feel like everything's been said already. I'm like, dude, we only had like two places to put content in 2010. <laughs> it was like Facebook personal pages, like business pages weren't even a thing yet and a blog. So now we have so many more places where you guys can be creative, where you can meet your potential customers, your potential clients. So the idea that that there's finite amount of business or finite amount of clients to me is silly. In fact, like there's more than there ever has been. So if you're thinking about getting into the space, you're thinking about like, Oh, is this for me? Should I really try and level up? The answer is fuck. Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. And so there's a lot more opportunity and people are much more open to like doing online coaching than they've ever been. So before it was kind of like, Oh, are you like, I mean, it's funny, but like, Oh, you're going to steal my credit card. If I give you my number over the internet, like it was so, sort wow. of that vibe, you know? Um, and now there's so many more platforms and so many more tools that we have. Like there wasn't webinars back then. There wasn't like a Pinterest or a TikTok or a Instagram wasn't around. So there's so many more opportunities now for people to get in and really perfect their delivery of content, whatever that is, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's, I mean, I only knew of like two podcasts back then. So the space has changed quite a bit. It's changed for the better. Um, but with that being said, because the space is growing, the clientele is growing, it's a good thing, but it 
also means that potentially people doing coaching is also growing, which is why if you're going to have any urgency about you, it is to start putting your footprint down now. So I don't need you to go all in and like burn yourself out and like do a million things. I need you to start being consistent with something. So for me in 2010, that consistency was blogging until it was like, now it's social media. Now it's, you know, Instagram, maybe it's TikTok, whatever that looks like for you. Just be consistent with something because a year from now, if you don't, you're going to wish you started now. Like, and so when you look at people like me or, you know, Shantae who are like, well, it's easy for them. They've been doing it for years. It's like, yeah, but we still made the decision to start, right? Like anyone can make a decision to start new time. And so, yes, would it have been better if you started five years ago? Sure. But you need to start now. So there really is, there is urgency, but that doesn't mean doing the most. That means just doing something because to me, consistency is the rarest of all human qualities. It just is. Absolutely. And so if you're willing to do that, you're already in the top 1% of people doing this. And so just commit, which is not sexy, right? It's, it's kind of boring. But in if you're really serious about building a business that does not go out of business, then you have to get good at being consistent. That's non-negotiable. Like, you folks, again, hearing, if you've been listening to this, none of this is a surprising. You've, you've probably are in Jill's circle in some way, shape, or form. You've heard talk about it. So. You know, I don't think a lot of this is coming as a surprise and just how aligned we are with things. But I want to go down this, this rabbit hole a little bit more, Jill. It ties into two questions that I have. You said, one, consistency is like the rarest. Amen to that. And then also you wrote the word boring. And it's interesting because I think that actually you don't think that it's boring. I think people <laughs> on the outside, they think it's boring. But I know that when we've, we've talked about this, like you've never been bored no, in what never. you do and that you know contributes to this longevity you have I, to I, see I almost this. want to say how have you not been bored but yeah, like i, mean, I think it's a bad question see, but. i think you do this a really good job of this and you explain this well to your community which is it's not work-life balance it's work-life integration right so like my business is my life and that doesn't mean I'm a workaholic. I think sometimes we want to be very like sort of binary. It's like you're either a workaholic or like you're on vacation. And I feel like there's an opportunity for people who are interested in a lifestyle business for it to be fun and be interesting and be um, something that is this little corner of the internet that gets to be just yours, whether that's your Instagram handle or that's your you know website or that's your podcast or whatever. Like no other time in history have we had the capability that we have now to be a broadcaster. You can literally have an account and just put whatever the fuck you want on there. And that's amazing to me. The fact that like we have this ability to broadcast and because of attraction marketing and because of like inbound marketing, it's a perfect filtering system. If people like your stuff and if they think it's valuable, they're going to stay. And if they don't find value in it, they leave. And it's a perfect system and we do it too. And so I think, yes, it's funny because as I was saying the word boring, I'm like, I know she doesn't think I'm, because I have, actually don't think it's boring. However, from the outside looking in, totally. you just go, well, you just post on Instagram for the rest of your life. And the answer <laughs> is you do, right? It doesn't stop. You know, I've been doing this for 11 years. I still post every day or every couple of days, not because I have to, but because for me, it's a creative outlet. Yes. It really is. You know, it's a way for you to keep iterating. And if you want a legacy business, you have to stay on the pulse of where the industry is going. And to me, that's part of the fun of it. You know, I think you are officially quite like quote old when you just decide to stop learning new things. And for me, I want to be 
out in front, knowing what's up, like meeting people where they're at, having conversations. I know you're obviously this way too, like having conversations, being in the trenches, having conversations with clients in the DMs, like what's the pulse of where are we out with this? And to me, that never gets old because there's always somewhere to go. There's, so, there's always an iteration. And I think when you find yourself being really worried that you're going to become irrelevant or worried that like, this isn't going to, and I think for our parents, maybe our parents' generation is like, how long is this going to keep up? And you're like, well, <laughs> this is actually a career, but we're starting to now see people having careers at this, right? Like when I started 11 years ago, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a career digital marketer. That wasn't a thing. But now that we're starting to see the first generation of people having 20 year internet businesses, it's a career now. It's not going out of style. It's not something to keep. It's like not something that's like going to wash up at some point. This is a thing. So long as you stay, and I have this conversation a lot of times with my clients because they're worried. How long can you keep this up? Like, is this, this viable? The answer is yes, but you got to do the work. You got to stay on. What's where is stuff happening? What's going on? What are some of the messages? What's resonating right now? And to me, that's the most exciting thing, and that's why it doesn't get boring to me. You folks listening, I brought Jill on. Obviously, like I said, full transparency to talk about our program, but. A large part of talking about the program is hearing the people who run the program. And you you hear from me nonstop. You know that if I have a mic, I won't shut up. So it was really important to bring Jill on. You can hear her side of things, her background, her take on things. And I want to keep going with that, Jill. I want to dig a little deeper. Clearly, you're passionate about this. Clearly, you find new ways to, new things to be interested in, new things to, you know, go and research. And I'm not even going to say you keep your finger on the pulse because Jill is setting the pulse. Like, I don't know if you realize that or not, Jill, but that's, you had a quote from uh, your weekend with uh, your family and it was like, you know, something about, you know, the FOMO concept. And oh, yeah. I was like, Jill won't have FOMO because she's the host. I go, I never have FOMO because I'm always there. That was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> period. Uh, with this, I want to talk to, I don't know if you talk about this a lot with podcasts you do and the podcasts you're on, but Aside from the interest that you have, this the inherent interest in and the problem solving and the strategy, what is your why, Joe? Why do you keep doing this? You know, I think it it has changed. I think a little bit over the years. Um, when I was coming up in the space, you had mentioned earlier that I used to be in a different industry, which I was. I was in the health and fitness nutrition space, and I still am a little bit dip my toe in there. Uh, but for I was doing that like for a decade. I was in an industry uh, working full-time as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. When I started blogging, I was still very steeped in the competitor space. So I was teaching, like, you know, I was getting people up on stage, and we were doing these like crazy fat loss diets and stuff like that. Um, but for that time of my life, my why was all about me. It was literally like, do I have abs? Do I look good? Am I getting into magazines? Like it's embarrassing to even say that, but that is sort of where it came from. And it was this feeling of, you know, I was an athlete my whole life, like yeah, you were, and it's like, how, how hard can I go, right? How yeah. much can I push myself? But I was never satisfied because it was just about me, right? Everything was so myopically about me and my body and my food and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I was personal training people and I love my clients, but it wasn't until I started my blog that I was like, wow, I can impact someone who lives in a different part of the world. And so it wasn't even about like, I have the best information. It was just literally like, I'm gonna put this content out and see if this resonates yeah. and totally letting the chips fall with that. Um, and so, at the end of the day, my why at this point, especially now that I do business coaching, is 
I think at my core, and you know me as well as anyone, and you can kind of verify if you think this is true, is I'm a possibility thinker for people. Like, I'm just like, hey, why don't you try that? Like, literally, I'm like, hey, why, why is that impossible for you? Why couldn't you do that thing? I think that my why is opening up opportunities and showing other people what's on the menu. Yeah, I'm a strategist and I love that stuff and I can tell you how to get from A to B. But at the end of the day, I think my superpower is helping people see what's possible for them and showing them other opportunities and other things that are on the menu for them. And it doesn't have to be just one way. You can literally build the business of your dreams, the life of your dreams, but you have to have a willingness to see what's possible. And so I think that, and then in helping the person identify as a different type of person, instead of saying, oh, I'm not someone who, switching that to, I wonder if I could. And that's really, I think, where my superpower lies. Absolutely. I'm going to push you even more with that. And it ties into legacy because we strategically and specifically made it for women only. We had yeah. a discussion about this because I was like, yeah. baby, I know I got dudes in the audience and yeah, they're going to apply. Want. And guess what? They still did apply, even though it said <laughs> the women only. You know, people get excited yeah. about things. We had a discussion the other day on the beach about this very topic and a specific demographic showing possibility to giving hope to giving opportunity, helping people create their own opportunities. Can you speak more about that? What, what um, part are you talking about that we had a conversation? I can't remember. We talked about a lot of stuff. In yeah. terms of showing women in particular, like, hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one of my biggest, I don't want to say pet peeve, because I understand where it comes from, but I think as women, we have a little bit of, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's justified. Mm-hmm. It was feeling of like, we don't want to come off too, we're constantly second guessing ourselves. We don't want to come off too confident. We don't want to come off too convicted. We don't want to come off too focused, too driven, too masculine, whatever that looks like. And I think we're sort of taught these things. And, you know, to be honest, when you are a woman who is confident, you do get pushback from men and women, by the way, like you get dudes being like, who does she think she is? And you get women being like, oh, she thinks she's the shit. And so I understand why that might be a real fear for people. And I think even in, you know, like in Australia, New Zealand, they call this tall tall poppy syndrome is like this idea that you're getting too big for your britches. And I have a real problem with this because, and not to be like super general, but I don't see a lot of men having this problem. In fact, I wish that more men would check themselves, to be honest, like, and be like, am I actually an expert? Am I just talking shit? Right. So I think I want a part of what we're doing with legacy is this sort of like possibility thinker, but then also being an example to other women that it's okay to show up in their power and that they're not too much, that they're not too driven. It's not a masculine thing. It's not like about, okay, I got to be like smaller and softer and, and whatever. I think that we are starting to see this group of women that are just fucking done with trying to pretend that they're not powerful as shit. And I think, and that's really where at the forefront of like what I'm hoping is coming across. And I don't, I'm, I don't really identify as like, I'm not like out there being like, I'm a feminist. And like, that's not really like a tagline for me. I try to let the example that I set um, you know, be an example of people, you know, I don't want to say inspire people, but like, I just want to show up as an independent, strong ass woman. And hopefully, and that's not like, by the way, that's not like a, you know, something I'm uh, creating or curating or whatever. It's just literally like who I am. And I, I'm so grateful to have had, um, my mom and my stepmom who, um, both raised me 
are very strong women. And so I am, I realize that there's a, a luck associated with it, a privilege associated with it. But to your point, and what you always tell me is, yes, you have privilege, but how are you going to use that? Or are you going to just like squander it? And I feel really lucky that I had really amazing, strong female role models in my life. And so when I show up, this is, this, and I think sports and stuff like that helped as well. But, you know, when you start to get reps and you start to, to build a body of work and you start to get confident in things, like you can't tamp that down. In fact, I feel like it's a service for more of us to be out in front saying and not trying to like water shit down. You know, and I, I think I struggle with that at times or I'm like, is it too much? Am I too, like, and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I am who I am and it's harder to pretend I'm not. And so I think as I turned 40 this year, I know it sounds cliche, but you know, you do get to a point where you're just like, this is who the fuck I am, you know, like, and, and yes. sorry, but like, that just is what it is. And so I think from that perspective, there's something really powerful about um, helping other people see it's okay as well. Leading from the front, taking the arrows there. This was not at all a strategic thing on my part in terms of being like, fuck yeah, I want to work with Jill, but it is something that's important to me in partnering. We tend to trust those who look more like us. We feel a bit safer with that. We're like, yeah, they probably understand because they look like me, so they probably had some similar experiences. To that end, looking the way that I do, I know for a fact that people will listen but be like, that's great. I feel a little bit motivated, but also Maestro doesn't get it. Or also there's a bit of a difference there. One of the things that I think is the coolest, and that's why I wanted to be able to talk about that, is that Jill looks the way she does. And she will catch heat for it, but she will also have people identify with it. And I think that is remarkable. It's such an opportunity to lead from the front and have this, this impact on people and show people what's possible there's no convincing we left that business a long fucking time ago but just say hey this is how i'm showing up you can show up like this if you want and we are here to help yeah i mean and this is really like at its core this is attraction marketing right it is if you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to the two of us speak and you're like yeah these like these gals are they're just too about themselves or they're just too like i don't know something i'm just not then you're probably not going to join legacy <laughs> and that's cool you know but you and i tend to attract similar people who are, you know, who like are, they're confident and they want more, a higher level of success, which is why legacy really is like an intermediate and beyond program. Not to say like beginners aren't great, but like, I think a lot of times we are the kind of person that's attracted to you is also attracted to me, which is why we have so much crossover in our audience. Um, because I think they go, yes, I love this message. I love this message. It's two different types of people giving me sort of the same message cool, I can get on board with that. And attraction marketing at its core is like, hey, if it's not for you, if the energy's not for you, if the vibe's not for you, if the information's not for you, if the strategy's not for you, then you there's a great coach out there for you, right? And I think both of us sort of identify as action takers, um, you know, solution-oriented coaches, strategists. You know, we talk a little bit about emotions and things like that. And, and for people who I think people do know this, if they listen to your podcast, that you're a very feeling person. But neither one of us allow for our emotions to necessarily like overtake us, right? That's a very different way of doing it. We, we're able to navigate our emotions. We're able to feel them. And then we're able to use them and alchemize them in a way that gets shit done. And so if you're someone who loves to stay in their feelings and you love to just like talk about your feelings constantly and, you know, you want to talk about your early childhood and you want to dissect that or whatever, you should definitely do that if that's where you feel pulled to. 
But at the end of the day, if you work with us, we're going to be like, that's amazing. Also, what are we going to do now? Right? Like, what's the next step? And so I think having this conversation, especially as we're launching legacy is, and, and even if you guys decide not to, and to apply for legacy, then you should find a coach who you feel like has your vibe because there are so many amazing coaches. There's so many amazing coaches and their personality is really what you should be sort of, because we spend a lot of time, like we're spending a lot of time with you guys, like, you know, two live events, like one-on-one calls, group calls. We're going to be spending a lot of time together over the course of six months. So make sure that you like could vibe with us, right? Like, yeah, I could spend the whole weekend, like hanging with them, talking with them. We're the same. And you should be thinking that if you're not, then there's an amazing coach out there for you that has your same vibe. I love this. Yeah. I, there's a good chance, a great chance that anyone that's listening to this, right? You are already, you already know what legacy is. Like we have a wait list going, things like that. The early adopters are there. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was for those of you that are not sure about it, maybe, maybe you personally know, like I'm not ready for this, but I want to learn more about it for the future. I wanted to bring on an episode and be like, Hey, let's specifically talk about the thing. Jill, can you go a little bit deeper with what would you define as uh, intermediate mm-hmm. in terms of online business? Yeah, I've been getting this question actually quite a bit as we've been yeah, populating the wait list. Um, so I consider to be intermediate and I'd be interested in your take on this, but really what I'm looking for, and we do an application process, everyone. So like, just so you know, we're not looking necessarily at like, you have to have a certain number of followers or like you have to be generating a certain amount of money. That's not really it. We're not looking for these like hard and fast sort of like yes and no's. We do tend to turn away like a good amount of people because like I said, like we want to curate a group that we feel like can learn not only from us, but from each other. I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, I think last year we had 70 something applications. We invited 23 people to join and we had like 21 people join. So, um, and that's not to say that it's like cutthroat or anything like that, but we, I want you guys to know that if you are in legacy, that you're there because we really feel truly that you can contribute to the group. And part of contributing to the group is being at at least an intermediate level because we're spending a lot of time as a group. So I want to feel like everyone in the group has their own experience in business that they can contribute to the the group as a whole. That's what makes it more of like a mastermind than just a coaching program. Um, And so intermediate to me feels like you are generating revenue online. Like, you know what that is. You have online clients, you either are doing one-on-one coaching online, you have courses, you maybe have group programs. You are on some level already generating revenue. I don't care if it's, you know, it doesn't need to be million dollars, but you are doing e-commerce. And then the second thing is that uh, you have a general sort of understanding or even a good understanding of all the moving parts of internet business. So for example, I personally am assuming that you already have your email newsletter established. I am assuming that you have been on social media for a time and that you're using it for business uh, and you know how to use it for business. I'm assuming that you either have a website or you're sort of like putting the finishing touches on one. Uh, I assume that you are, you know, a content creator of some sort or you have some sort of IP or you have a system in place that you use at least with maybe your one-on-one clients. And I, and I'm going to speak for my store too, that you have a fucking expertise. Like you have to be someone who like has is good at what they do. Now we always talk about like, you know, being the best and things like that. And I think that comes over time, but I want to see, and I want to work with people who feel like they have a unique take on their expertise. They have gotten clients results. They know what works and they're confident to put their stake in the ground that they have, that they're the best at this transformation, whatever that is. So that to me, there's no like specific number we're looking for. It's an overall feel of like, is this going to be a good 
fit for the group as a whole. Absolutely. That last part is huge in, having, in terms of having an expertise. Like any of you listening to this, whether you decide to apply for legacy or work with anything like that, have an expertise no matter who you decide to go and work with. That's one of the one of the biggest things that I see that slow people down is they don't have an expertise and they jump to this thing. And then they're like, okay, this week I'm going to do this. And then this week I'm going to do this. Instead of sticking with one thing, and like Jill said, she said it very clearly, it takes time and gaining that expertise. So I see people trying to like, you know, pay a coach and they're hoping that the coach is going to help them succeed. When the, the problem is they have no expertise. Like, be calm. Like here's the we're going to, we're going to help you guys get more clients, like hands down. Like that's not, that's guaranteed. Like you come into the program, you're going to get the strategy you need to make more money online, like hands down. Um, but we can help you all day long with marketing and sales and, you know, product suite and whatever. But if you, at the end of the day, can't get a client a result, that's really that's obviously that's, and that's out of sort of our hands. There's a lot that you guys can do from like a coaching perspective, psychology of coaching, art of coaching, soft skills, like whatever you need to do to get better at that. But I'm hoping that everyone who applies for legacy knows they're good already. And to your point, I know we've talked about this in the past before is at some point you have to stop learning new stuff all the time and iterating your own sort of like journey and you have to just land somewhere. So one of the things I always ask my clients is like, Hey, are we, is this where we're landing? Like, are we staying here for a while? Right. So like I've had clients for like right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, like, I've had clients who say, I work with people with metabolic damage. And then they're like, I help people with macros and I help intuitive eating. And like over the course of two years working with me, we've had like five different nutrition philosophies. I'm like, okay, but what's, are we, is this our sticking place? Because once you land somewhere and you understand the full transformation, you've gotten to the other side and you're good. That's when you can really double down on your message. But if the message continues to evolve, and then your audience has a hard time keeping up with it. Now, I'm not saying don't evolve as a person. I don't think we ever stop learning as a Absolutely. person. We stop evolving as a person. But in terms of what you're teaching, you know, I want you to come in with a system or a framework that is solid that you've used with clients before, even if it's just been a handful of clients, yeah. but that you're you're here and you're confident in your methodology. Because then I'm like, shit, yeah, let's, let's layer on the marketing and sales if I can go. But... I think coming in with, you know, having a, having your own transformation and being like done with that for now. Absolutely. Can we, can you keep going with that in terms of, cause you've literally helped thousands of, of people through this. What are, it could be what is, or what are some of the common themes you've seen or commonalities between folks who have, and I'm going to do air quotes for here in terms of had success, right? Success is hugely subjective. It is hugely personal, but those people that they went on to thrive in their own regard, what are some of the things that you've seen is like, this is a common trait between these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, like, honestly, I'm constantly thinking about this. Yeah. This is like, cause I'm always trying to figure out best practices, right? I'm like, literally like, okay, if I take all my like quote best students, right. In terms of like just their trajectory how quickly they've, you know, had success, whatever it looks like. And when I think about success, I think about both income and impact, right? So like you've, mm -hmm. you've changed a lot of lives, you've gotten a lot of results for a lot of people, and you've also generated a good amount of revenue. Um, there are some commonalities. There are some best practices. Uh, number one is having an expertise, being a true expert. So I talk about expertise in terms of like two levels of experts. Level one expert is, you're still an expert, right? Your level one expert means you maybe are still regurgitating or uh, you are still using maybe the 
the words or the language or the IP or whatever of the person you learn from. So I think we all start there, right? Maybe you got certified yeah. with someone like Precision Nutrition or you went to the IIN or whatever, like all these different schools that have these different certifications. And so you're using their templates and you're using their words and using their tools and methods and stuff like that. Um, and we all sort of come up that way. And if you are doing that, you are an expert and you are credible and you're ready to work with clients. What I want to encourage people to do over time as they start racking up more reps with clients and getting more people great results is over time, they'll start to form their own IP. They'll start to really put their own spin on things and go, you know what? Like this was never taught in precision nutrition, but I'm seeing a lot of clients who, you know, really need help with this thing. And all of a sudden they're starting to come up with their own systems and their own proprietary frameworks and, um, you know, words and phrases and, you know, hashtags and stuff like this, that is creating a sense of like, this is what I would consider a level two expert, where you have a system in place that is born out of tried and true results, like literally over the course of years, maybe you have a course or coaching program or something, and you've had hundreds of people go through it and you go, wow, this is a, this is a replicatable methodology that I might be able to certify people in right? Like I could replicate this and someone could now. And so a level two expert is really where you're the one creating the things that other people are now regurgitating. Now other people are using your methodologies and your words and your language and your phrases because it is a repeatable, sticky, tried and true system. Um, And so I really try and work people towards that level. So the people that I do see being the most successful do have a system like that, that they can hang their hat on instead of it just being like random tips. It's like, no, it's a system. It's a framework. It's repeatable. Um, The second thing, and this is something that you always talk about is people being willing to take a lot of action. And I think, and I know we kind of talk about that a lot and it's really easy to sort of like gloss over, but it is hard for a lot of people to take a lot of imperfect action. They feel like they need to wait. They need to get it right. They need to make sure they got to like all these sort of control things. Um, people I see being more successful just have that little bit more self-trust and a little bit more confidence the average person. And they just go, well, you know, it's not perfect, but I trust myself to handle the fallout. And they go ahead and they press publish and they get it out there and they do the thing. And so I think action taking is a huge piece of it. Um, I will say that there is this, uh, there's a sort of audacity to being, to like really owning and being confident in the fact that you have something that can help people. And I think a lot of, especially because I work with a lot of women constantly second guessing themselves, constantly doubting, constantly worrying about, and it's not that that stuff's not valid. I think it's really common and it's certainly valid, but at the end of the day, are you going to let, I don't know, so-and-so at the gym, you know, keep you from realizing your fucking dreams. Like at the end of the day, that really is what it is. So identifying who in your life you're worried about disappointing or worried about them judging you or worried about what they're going to say and realize that they're a fucking nobody. Like now I don't say that in like a derogatory way, like they're not a nobody, but like they're not worth anything, but they're a nobody because of the trajectory that you're on, considering the trajectory you're, you're really on. They're in, they should be considered sort of a nobody. And so coming to that realization, um, God, I've done like whole posts on this, but definitely real expert, confident, convicted, self-trust. Um, I'm trying to think, I'd be interested in what your take on Can we get is. a little tactical? I mean, sure. I'm going to take the easy way out. Same. Totally agree. Uh, <laughs> the, the big thing there uh, that I want to talk more about, you folks listening, you know my, my thinking on this in terms of you got to be able to take action. If we, if we kind of 
uh, dissect that a bit. What, who can take action? What enables someone to take action? And Jill said it, and I'm going to ask her some more about that. And this ties into that being that level two expert, right? Well, being a level two expert means you're taking action in terms of saying, I said this thing, this is my belief, these are my thoughts on that. At the heart of that is having the self-trust, the self-confidence in order to be able to do that. Uh, as an aside, you folks listening, if you ever work with Jill and I, it becomes like, who talks faster? Which I kind of enjoy. <laughs> I'm like, we get information out there. Like, I just and who get excited the most, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. Within, the, like we said, becoming that level two expert, being that level two expert, and saying the things and putting your spin on it, which I could not agree more. That is, you said it earlier in the episode about Me Too businesses, and we see them all over. I'm not shitting on them. It is what it is, right? People talk about, how do I get more engagement on Instagram? Don't be a Me Too business. I need to hear your opinions, your thoughts, which takes time to formulate those things and have that conviction. But at the heart of it, we have that self-trust, that self-confidence. Can you... Let's give the people some tactical uh, things here. You know, self-confidence, self-trust, these are things that you can work mm -hmm. on. These are skills you can refine. Mm -hmm. How do you help your folks work on those things? Mm -hmm. So it's funny because actually I'm dropping an episode today as well on my podcast, Fit Biz You, and I'm interviewing you. And we actually talked about this. Yeah. And so when I help people, and by the way, you guys, like, just so you know, confidence is area specific, right? So, you know, for someone who's listening to this, who maybe is a practitioner, maybe you're seeing clients across a desk, maybe you're personal training people or something, you're doing something in person, or maybe you're just like really good at being a mom, right? Like you, there's something that each one of us, regardless of our uh, success, quote, success online is good at doing in person, right? You just know, like I work with a lot of moms and they're like, I just, they're, um, they're a good mom. They know that they are. And, but that doesn't translate into knowing that they're a good online mm -hmm. coach, right? Mm -hmm. So confidence is area specific. So it's okay. It's, it's okay that you don't have any reps in this specific area. And so one of the tools that I use, a couple tools that I help my clients with is the confidence competency loop. Confidence competency loop. So this loop, if you kind of picture in your mind, like a circle, and one half of it is competency and the other is confidence. And it's a feed forward cycle that the more sort of in the way you sort of get into the loop is one small action. You take one small action. And I always like, like your phrase, like you didn't die. Like you see yourself, you didn't die, right? You survived it, but you start to see like, okay, I did that one thing and I didn't die, I survived it. And like, wow, maybe I could do it again. Maybe I could do something a little bit tougher than that. And so over time, you start to build, and when you see that you don't die, you start to build this confidence. And as you become more competent, you take more action. Yes. And as you take more action, you become more competent, right? You become competent. And then as a result of getting better, becoming more competent, you feel more confident. And so it's a feed forward cycle. And so the way you get into that loop is taking one small action. So I see a lot of people coming out here and being like, I'm quitting my full-time job and I'm like going on on YouTube and I'm going to post every single, you know, post a new vlog every day. And like, I'm going to podcast five days a week. And I think and the same thing we see in health and fitness, right? It's a lot of parallels. Yes. It's like, I remember years ago, like my dad, I personal trained my dad and he'd get out of shape for a little bit. Then he'd be like, I'm starting over. And he's like, I'm two a days. I'm like, look, dude. Yeah. Like, let's not do two a days going from like literally nothing yet rhabdo. Like, cool with that. <laughs> But he would always try and jump in. I mean, so we see this a lot of times in fitness and we see because people just want they want the full thing and want the big experience. 
um, or at least in the health and fitness space, they want the overhaul. And in business, it's okay to just like dip your toe in and then like hold your breath and be like, ah. so one of the things that I always tell my clients is let's say you want to share something on social media and you're a little bit scared too. So one of the things that I share with my clients is like, yes, I have one, I have this system, five S's of social media content, one of which is stories. And sometimes when you're sharing a vulnerable story about how you used to do something and now you've kind of changed and that's the transformation that you now help people with. Sometimes it can be scary to share vulnerably something that you used to not be good at or something you used to struggle with. And this is a big part of people relating to you. Like, could Jill actually be my coach? Could you understand my problems? And so when I share that I had that same problem five years ago, 10 years ago, they go, wow, like maybe, okay, maybe she does get me. I know she's an expert, but maybe she does actually could get my struggle. And so you have to sort of be vulnerable sometimes. I call these vulnerability PRs. Like, let me see if I could just, and so there's this moment, and I used to do it when I was blogging, there's this moment right before you press publish that you're like holding your breath and it would be the easiest thing to not press publish, right? It's like, ah, I could just go back. I don't need to publish this. No harm, no foul, whatever. But then you do and you hold your breath. Maybe you run away and you run into a corner and you're like, ah, I don't want to look. And then what happens is, is you get a lot of amazing feedback and people are going, wow, that's exactly like me. What you just described is literally, it's like you're in my head. And you start to get some of this feedback. And by the way, like I've never had a client that has shared something vulnerable and has not got this response. I think the fear is if I share that I'm struggling with something that discredits me. And in fact, if there's, and I think there's a difference between sort of like sharing a struggle and a turnaround versus just dumping like, Insta, yes. like social media is your fucking, you know, diary. But when you're a creator and you're sharing from a place of service, you say, Hey, I went through this thing and here's how we, here's how we overcame it. Now all of a sudden it turned into inspiration. It's not just dumping. Yeah. And so there's these moments where you have to press publish. And the best thing, and I always tell my clients is look, everything online is deletable. So if you're really scared about it, you can always delete that shit, right? Like you can always delete it. And that gives people that little bit of like, okay, yeah, let me see if I could. And then they get that positive affirmation. Wow. I didn't die. Number one. And number two, People really responded. I got a bunch of DMs or I met, saw someone in person who was like, wow, that thing really touched my life. And now all of a sudden you're starting to get these really small wins and you're going, wow, this really does, this really is important that I share this stuff. This really can impact a life. Even if it's just one person's life, you're obligated to put it out in my mind. And so I think you have to have, and then you sort of over time build this show of evidence that these small, scary things, these vulnerability PRs, are okay to do. And so I don't know that it always gets, I mean, it gets a little bit easier, but there's always another layer, right? So another layer to go, another scary thing to do, but you recognize it faster now. You're like, Oh, here's that thing again. Here's that thing. Okay. I know I'm, I know that it's going to be scary, but I know I'm going to survive it. So you start to just build evidence that like you're okay. And so the, the tool that we talked about in um, the episode for Fit Biz You was you described it, but didn't call it this, but that's called practical pessimism. And so I'll sort of maybe not describe it, but it is another tool that I use. If you guys want to listen to it, make sure you check out the Fit Biz You episode. What's the episode number? Do you actually know? We'll link it regardless. It's fine. Yep. It's, I think, one, let me just pull it. I think it's 171. Amazing. It's going to be, yeah, it's 171. Cool. We will link that. Uh, so would Jill, just to summarize a little bit there, Jill talking about, as a coach, helping you take these small actions. And I'm going to take it a step further uh, and also 
link it back to what we were talking about before. To me, that is also one of the things that I consider with an intermediate business owner is that there's no, uh, you know, and I don't convince anyone, that's not my job, but you believe your successes. There is a time and a place for coaching people when they're a beginner and they need some more of that handholding. To me, an intermediate business owner is beyond that. They can look at this success and say, okay, I can build on this. Okay, I can, but they don't need that constant affirmation of, okay, yeah, I can do this. And that okay, constant, I'm okay, I'm okay. It's like they that, know they're okay. Like there's, that is okay. I'm not faulting you if that is where you are at, but within legacy, that is not where the discussion is headed. Right? Again, it's okay if you're there, but to me, that right. is one thing that separates a beginner business owner uh, or beginner about anything and that more intermediate uh, again, with anything, you can see it with a, an athlete, just with anything where you're able to use those other wins and be like, yes, that's self-assuredness. Uh, that's yeah, I would say that in legacy, like an, I would consider an intermediate business owner probably doesn't have a ton of mindset hang up still. Yeah. You know, I think that like they know they're good, you know, and I think that that's definitely to me the biggest mindset hurdles around like, am I good enough? Am I really like the imposter syndrome, like all those sort of like self-doubts in my mind, those are usually more beginner issues. We all go through it. It's normal. But I, th- I think an intermediate business owner or coach has had enough success that while you and I will challenge them to do different things and put on new strategy that will stretch them, I don't think there's a lot of, there's not a ton of time spent like, you know, like just cheering you on and being like, yes, yeah. like you can do it. Like whatever. We assume Absolutely. that you know you can do it because you have done it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I have another question, but before, because I'm always about like, let's give people solutions. If that's where you're at, if you're like, but I'm a beginner, Jill runs a beginner program for this. And actually it's, it's worked out really interesting for the best. And I'm, I'm not surprised that I think a really nice uh, avenue for people is they go through my intensive first. They understand uh, the social media, they understand Instagram, they get an introduction to things, and then they go into FBA. So if you're at the beginner phase and you're like, this sounds great, but like, I'm not there yet. Cool. We got solutions for you. Uh, before I ask the other question, can you talk a little bit about FBA, Jill? Yeah. No, it's great. In fact, um, we had some amazing people in Legacy last year who went through FBA and it was a really good like sort of first step for them then to go into FBA because they already, they were making money online. They already understood all the nuts and bolts. Like they were building their list. They had all these things in place. Um, And so FBA stands for Fitness Business Accelerator. However, I do work with health professionals and wellness professionals of all kinds. Um, And it's a six month mentorship. And I love working with beginners, but it's a very different way of coaching. And if you are a coach and you listen to this, you kind of know what I'm saying. Um, a lot of beginners, and it's funny because a lot of business coaches do not like working with beginners because they think that they just need too much handholding and they're just like, you constantly having to like, you know, get them excited. Like every, and you have to talk them off the ledge and there's a lot of expectation management. And they honestly, like a lot of business coaches think that beginners are cheap because <laughs> they're like, they never spent money on their business before. I love working with people of all different inner, like I have a mastermind, which is a hundred K mastermind. So it's all different like levels, but, um, FBA is true, true beginners. I don't expect that someone has a website. I don't expect that they know how to use social media. I don't expect any of that stuff. Um, so if you are in that very, very beginner space where you're listening to us and you're like, this sounds interesting, but I'm just like, this is all theory to me so far. FBA takes you from like, I would say, I don't know, like wanting to have to, a business, to like actually having a business to like understanding what that looks like, all the moving parts. Um, and really 
it is a really safe space for beginners. To be honest, I wish there was an FBA when I was getting started because mm-hmm. I just remember like throwing myself in and being like, what's like, I didn't understand any of the vocabulary and I was having to, and it's fine. Like I just bootstrapped it, but FBA really does start people from the very beginning and walk them through step-by-step. And there's no stupid questions. There's no silly questions. There's nothing like that. It's very patient. Like I spend two hours a week (laughs) on these calls every single week for six months. So it is in my mind. And the reason why it's called an accelerator is because the curriculum is super streamlined. So what I mean by that is it's all of the biggest nuts and bolts for internet business. Like I'm not going to do a whole thing on like how to, you know, use Pinterest. Like that's not, to me, that's bell and whistle. That's like, not everyone needs that. I'm not going to go into, you know, how to do the perfect webinar or how to like, it's more just like, cool. Are we doing the basics that are rinse and repeat? And I wish something like this existed because I think it's so easy, especially in the beginner stages to have shiny object syndrome and be like pulled away. Oh, I need to have a podcast or I'm not going to be successful. It's like, look, if you just started day one, you do not need a podcast. Like it can be great to add on later and maybe like even sooner rather than later, but we're not without an email list. Right. So like there's steps. And I think a lot of beginners feel so overwhelmed with all of the things they could do that they end up doing nothing. And so part of the curriculum for FBA was really putting into place like, Hey, this is the order to do shit in. Don't skip steps. And also all these things over here, don't even worry about them yet. There's plenty of time to action to action those things. But for right now, let's stick to the basics. And so it really is a true beginner program. And we actually have some, uh, I think this year we're going to have some FBA alums applying for Legacy again, which I'm excited about. I love it. Jill, uh, when this drops, there's FBA, FBA has been started for like two weeks this current round. Um, but yeah. you, can, you have a, can you send me a... Uh, a waitlist link, and then we'll put that in the show notes. We will do it. Does that, does that work for you? That it's jillfitfree.com forward slash FBA dash waitlist. How do you remember these long ass links, Jill? Because I say it on my own podcast all the time. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> that's too much for me. Like, uh, jillfitfree.com forward slash FBA dash waitlist. Well, there you go, folks. You can yep. get on to. Next one launches in March. Perfect. Gonna go a step farther with that. I'm cognizant of the time. I got only a few more questions, but I'm gonna take a step, go a step farther with that. Um, and Jill saying that this is something FBA is something that she wished existed when she when she started. As it relates to legacy, and we'll have this as one of the, the intake questions as well. Is I need people and any group. I need you to understand why are you in that thing. Do you actually like having a group setting? I personally don't. It's not how I work best. I love running groups. I don't like being in them. If you are the type of person that knows you do better, and this is one of the reasons that let me started Legacy, some people thrive in that environment. They just need to be around other people who are doing mm-hmm. this. Maybe there's even a competitive side. I have another client that he just loves. He's like, I want to see what people are doing. And like, yeah, I get really revved up about that. Mm-hmm. If that's you, then this is the type of thing, and it could be legacy, it could be whatever, but just learning how you operate and, and what works best for you. Uh, do you like being surrounded by other people? Do you like being able to bounce ideas off of other people? Do you like learning from other people? Do you like teaching other people? If so, then something like this could be super helpful. That's one of the reasons that when we look at the people who are applying for legacy, it's not about creating like exclusivity in order to like have some sort of like Uh, hierarchy and classism and be like, we are better than you. We have this exclusivity so that we can provide inclusivity within inside of the group and having people that want to be there and and that, you know, they thrive off of this type of environment and 
that they jive and they work together well. So think about that. Think about how you best work with all of the things. And if that's something that, that sounds you know, good for you, then you have options uh, that, we're, that we're presenting here. Mm-hmm. Jill, I got a yeah, question I mean, for you. Uh, well, I was going to say, yeah. I'll just pick after that. I feel like, um, especially if you are in that sort of intermediate space, I have a lot of people in my audience who are there because they're like, I, I do, especially after like with the pandemic and everything, I had a lot yeah. of people just jump online. And so they've been quote online for like a year, year and a half now. And they're going, I did the Zoom classes and I got my one-on-ones up and whatever. And they've sort of reached a ceiling. I would say if that's you, you kind of know that you are needing next level strategy when you've kind of maxed out on that like very basic one-on-one business model, which everyone starts with, by the way, where you just go, I'm going to just take my clients onto a Zoom workout. And then I'm going to, you know, just do one-on-one coaching, you know, and there's always going to be a ceiling for that which is fine. Like, and, and I love one-on-one coaching and it's great, but there's only so much you can do. And at some point you're going to go, you know what? I need to figure out a way to leverage my time better. So if you're listening to that, that to me also indicates that you're at an intermediate level where you're like, I kind of get this, but I also feel a little stuck in where I should go next. And that's obviously what we will provide. And I think, you know, the reason why we kind of have, we choose to work with who we do in legacy is because everyone's sort of in that space. They're all like right in that space. They do you know, they are making money online. They do understand the moving parts. They have some, but they're just like, I need strategy and I need accountability. And I also like to see what everyone else is doing. I think there's a group, there's a learning in the group component. Now, I think that especially for beginners, that can be really dangerous because there's a comparisonitis that sort of happens, but like this person doing this and they're further along or whatever. But I think when you're in an intermediate level, I'm hoping at least that you're running your own race. I think it's easy to get caught up in comparison when you're all just starting out at the, at the start line together, but intermediate level, you should already be set it. You're already at your own pace. You're already doing your own thing. You're already on your own path. So I don't see as much sort of comparison in groups at that sort of, and I'm in a, I'm personally in a mastermind right now with people who are making like, you know, multiple six, seven figures, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, that's amazing for them. That's not my business model. Right. And there's, there's things, there's insight I can glean from them, but I'm not comparing myself. I'm not like, ah, like I'm not good enough. And so I'm hoping that when people come into this, they are just curious about other business models, about other strategies, and they will take what might work for them and they'll discard what won't work for them. And they have a sense of self-awareness to know, yes, that's me, or no, that's not me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that tie into, these are some of the softer things, I guess, softer skills uh, that, that uh, identify that intermediate business owner. You know, we said before about the, the, the hand-holding, the like, being like, yes, you got this. That's that more of the mindset stuff mm-hmm. is, is not there. And that ties in right there with, you know, you're not looking around and, and run, trying to run other people's races and being tripped up by that. You're inspired by other people's races or you're like, that's yes. cool. That's fine. And you're but still doing good. your own thing. Right. So totally. Yeah. All right. The last question I got for the, the official last question I'd give to everybody is within uh, Legacy, we do one-on-ones, we do Voxer, we do group calls. It's a mix. I already know that there are people in the audience who look at you, Jill, and they're like, but also I'm kind of scared. I'm a little bit intimidated. I will tell you, friends, Jill is literally the nicest lady. And I use that phrase with her all the time. I'm like, you're the <laughs> nicest lady ever. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's like to 
work one-on-one -on -one with you? Because that, that happens in, in a bunch of different capacities, even if it's in a group program. People are asking you questions and it kind of becomes one-on-one -on -one and it's like, is it going to be scary? What is it like working with you, Jill? Yeah, no, it's such a great question. And it's funny because I think anyone who's worked with me knows that I'm actually a really like patient, empathetic coach. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's funny, but yeah, I do get that a lot. I get a lot of people feel being like, I'm so scared of you. Or I'm so intimidated. I think it's honestly because I'm, I'm really focused and I speak in a very uh, matter of fact way. Yeah. And so I think for some people, they, they want to make sure, especially in like a group call setting. And it's funny because I'm starting with FBA and I have, you know, about 120 people in FBA this time. And, and I could tell that some of the, because it's only the first couple of weeks. So I could tell some people, because I make them unmute and ask their question. They don't just get to ask in the chat. <laughs> I'm like, I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when they unmute and talk, I can tell that their voice is a little shaky or I can tell that they're a little bit, and they want to make sure that they're succinct and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And over time it will get, they'll get more relaxed into it. But I think there is an intimidation factor of like, I'm in this group with 50 people and like, I want to make sure that I don't sound stupid and I don't sound mm -hmm. silly and not wasting Jill's time or whatever. I would say the most important thing is just, you know, is if you are in a situation, and, and by the way, no coach should ever make you feel this way. Yeah. If you get even the tiniest, tiniest inkling of feeling judged, feeling unsafe, feeling shame about, you know, being you and asking your questions, you're literally there to learn. Like that's why you signed up for it. And this is a red flag I see a lot in coaches. And so and maybe you might assume that about me because of the way that I am, but I'm I'm probably one of the more patient people I know just in terms of coaching because I also don't assume you're supposed to know. Like that's literally why you're in the group. <laughs> so I never assume that you know. I want to make sure not only that you have all the information and that it's clear, but that you have every resource that you possibly need to be successful. And I will literally sit on a phone call for three hours to make sure you have everything you need to be successful. Like that's literally my commitment to you. Now, can I promise that you're going to make a million dollars? No. But I can promise you that I will literally go to the ends of the earth to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful, every tool, every tip, every resource, whatever that looks like. And so that's my commitment to my clients. And so I would say what it's like to coach with me. I think you and I are very similar in this way is that I can hold space. And I've certainly had this, especially in the pandemic, you know, clients cry on the phone with me mm -hmm. and, you know, clients get really upset and they get really frustrated and they get really, you know, and they share things with me that they're, you know, they're going through stuff with their relationship or their marriage or whatever. And all that stuff is real life. And I've been through a lot of that stuff too. So I would never judge any of that, yeah. you know, cause that's, that's my reality as well. So I can say that I will always hold space for that. And a lot of times I do just kind of have to talk my client off the ledge, right? Cause they come in and they have a lot that are just really frustrated or whatever. And we spend the coaching call, getting them back to baseline. And then I go, awesome. What's one small thing we can do between now and next call? What's that look like? I will always, and here's my promise to you, is I will be patient. I will not judge all those things. But also I will hold you to a high standard. And the reason is, is because I hold myself to a high standard too. And so I realize that sometimes if you're in a position where you are feeling really vulnerable or you're feeling really maybe self-conscious or maybe like having a lot of insecurities, that that might feel... Um, what's the word? It might feel a little bit threatening, but it's always from a place of like, we have a job to do. That's why we're here. I want to make sure that we both get the most out of it. So I do expect that you will consider action. 
And if you can't do it, that you'll tell me that because you know that I won't judge you. And so I do hold my clients to a really high standard. I hold myself to a high standard. I, have a lot. I hold everyone in my life to a high standard. I feel like I want us to all level up together. I'm not better than, I'm nothing like that. To me is all about like, let's, we're on a fucking rocket ship. I say that all the time, like, let's fucking go. Like, what are we waiting for? Let's go, right? We're all on that rocket ship together. And so that really is the expectation is I will be patient, I will be kind, I will be empathetic to the ends of the earth, but I will also always ask you to take action. I'll always consider your feelings and I'll go, great, what are we gonna do about it? It's the self-awareness for me, honestly. Folks, I mean, you know me is, better than most people. Like, would you, I mean, I think that's probably true. It's spot on. No, <laughs> I, I want people to hear it from the, the Jill Fitz mouth with that. Uh, and we know it's the most important part, at least to me, is the story around the story. Uh, and that Jill will always give you the tactics and can explain the things, but you can feel it. Right? And that's why I wanted to bring her on so you could hear it and just hear how she is. I promise you, she's literally the nicest lady ever. <laughs> it, it just blows my mind. I'm like, Jill, you're like the nicest lady ever. But to me, a, a bigger point there is the self-awareness she has that she's like, yeah, people can perceive me like this. Here's why. Here's what I do about it. Here's how we work together. Here's what I want for you. Here's the ex expectations I have, not just for you, but for myself. This isn't some arbitrary standard she's holding totally. to or anything like that. So it's 100% the self-awareness for me. And again, the, the story around the story, I brought Jill on to talk about legacy, but what you get, what you got in this episode is not like backhanded selling of it. I threw that shit out from the front and the jump. That was like the first line. I was like, also, we have this amazing program. I'd love for you to think about, uh, you know, applying for it. But how Jill and I both coach and teach and sell and market is through, is through trust and connection and attraction. Uh, and that's what this episode was all about. It was like, I'm to Jill, tell me about all of the things. This is what you get if you work with either one of us. So, you know, giving you solutions to things. So if you're like, yeah, legacy is not for me, that's not where yeah. I'm at, cool. FBA yep. is there. And Jill has memorized that long ass link. I don't know what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's a uh, Jill Fit programs or no, jillfitfree.com forward slash FBA dash waitlist. And the legacy yes, sales page right. or info. That's coming page up next. That's okay. coming up next, Jill. It's yep. <laughs> coming up next. You got FBA <laughs> as one solution. If you are interested in legacy and you weren't already on the, on the wait list, and you're like, you know what? This is sounding pretty good. I want to check it out. Where can they go, Jill? They can go to jillfitprograms.com forward slash legacy. Amazing. And if you have any, we were listening to this, you have any questions and you're like, I'm not sure. You can always slide into my DMs. You're probably already there anyway. Uh, if they want to catch you, Jill, where's that on the Instagram? DMs are the best place. Yep. At jillfit. Awesome. On Insta, hit me up in the DMs. Happy to chat about it. I want to make sure. And also, like, and I know you're the same way. Like, we want organic, like, start to finish. Okay. This should feel like a win-win for you guys. 100%. And if it's if it's not feeling like a win-win or whatever, it's not feeling like a hell yes for you, don't worry. Like, no one's, we're not going anywhere. Like, this is going to be happening. <laughs> you know, there's always, like, a, a way that you could work with us later or whatever. So, you know, I it's a better for us, too, if we need to have a conversation that, like, you're like, hey, I just want to make sure this is for me. Like, yeah, let's have that conversation. No issues. Uh Absolutely. Jill, the, the question I ask everybody before they go is, is there anything else that you want to leave the people with? I 
No, only the only thing I would say is if you, and I know this can be a little bit hard too, is you might be sitting and listening like, wow, this like legacy sounds really great. I'm not sure if I can hack it. Or you're feeling like there's like, yes, you're like, yes, I do fit sort of an intermediate. I don't know if I'm, there's a worthiness thing. I think sometimes, especially like where we're like, I don't know if I'm like there quite yet. Throw your name in the hat. Like, honestly, like we'll tell you if you're not ready and don't take it personally. But like, honestly, I would love for you to apply if you're a little bit even unsure, like, let's just do that. Let's have the full experience together. Let's like decide together if it's a, if it's a yes, don't just take yourself out of the ring because you don't feel like you're good enough or because you don't feel like you're worthy enough. I think sometimes we build up, especially if you listen to this podcast, you know, maybe you build up maestro to be this like person who like, I don't know, you don't be get ready to work with. Like you don't have to get ready. Like you're either ready or not. And so I would say that if you're listening to this and you're still feeling like, I don't know if I'm worthy enough, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Um, throw your hat in the ring. And if you're not, we'll tell you, but also like, and that's not like a, it doesn't mean anything bad about you. It's just like, cool. Like maybe next time, um, which we did a lot for people last year. And I think it might be, if you're listening to this and you you did apply last year and you did get sort of like, you know, rerouted, don't take it personally at all. And I hope that you apply again because there's just maybe some things that you want to implement. But I guess if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, then I would say throw your name in the hat. I think it can't hurt. I love this. First off, that's life lessons. Second, do you hear the nicest lady? She said, if you got rerouted, like, (laughs) (laughs) well, we did reroute people to different places. It's true. But it's just like, what is so nice of you to say that is it. Jill, I, I am endlessly grateful for you. Like you take the time to do this. We're working together. So in general, you're helping me live my best life. Just thank you for all the things. Truly. Yeah, thank you. So damn yeah, man. Change the so, game over here. That's all I'm saying. Legacy. I mean, like, honestly, and I'll tell you guys this quick story last year. <laughs> I know you know the story. We were, we were in Vegas together. We were talking about legacy and we just went away to do like all the details. We wanted to like have like a dedicated weekend to just go through everything. Shantae and I are in Vegas. We're going through like everything it's going to be, whatever. And I just was like, I already feel bad for people who don't apply for this. Like, this is how fucking good this program is. And I don't say that because I'm like bragging or whatever. I'm just like, literally, there's nothing like it. There just isn't. And I know because I get DMs from people being like, ah, like I signed up for this person was the worst. <laughs> like I get so much like that constantly. And I just want all of us to be better. And I think you do too. And like, I hate that people get burned. I hate that people sign up for stuff and then they get something else they didn't buy. Like they just don't get what they paid for. Like I hate all these things. And I hear it because I get my DMs all the time. I want you guys to know that like at the end of the day, Shantae and I were dedicated to your success. Like really that's at the end of the day it is. And like, I know for both of us, we'll figure out what needs to happen for you to be successful. So I just want to leave you with that. And I, I think we're here to do things differently. We really are. And that was our goal from the get-go. And I still think there's nothing like this on the, in the space. And I'm, I'm super pumped for this next group of gals. It's going to be so fucking good. Jill, yeah. I thought you were going to share the bikini story. And I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> no, that's for private time. Exactly. <laughs> if, you're in, if, you get, if you decide to join Legacy, maybe you'll hear that, that story. That was a good yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best, JB. Truly, truly. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for letting me hang with your audience. So good. So good. My audience, you folks out there, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly appreciative. I'm not going to ask for any likes, subscriptions, or anything like that, though. If you want to do it, you know, I won't be mad at you. I am going to ask that if you like this episode, if it resonated with you, 
do me a solid, do yourself a solid, and go check out Fit Physio. That's Jill's podcast, and it's literally dedicated to talking all things fitness, business, healthcare, movement, business. Uh, there's nothing like it in the space. So go ahead, and we'll link that in the show notes, but go ahead and check that out. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Jill Fit and Maestro. Bye.